keeps it going, and it's John Tavares behind the net. Coming out in front, John scores! John Tavares! They finally caught lightning in a bubble! And the Maple Leafs have broken the 19-year curse! Here's Verhage shooting, he scores! Okay, fan drive time, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360, Ben Ennis, Blake Murphy. A little bit has happened since we were on the air on Friday. Not only did the Toronto Maple Leafs win their first playoff series in 19 years by beating the three-time defending conference champions for the third straight time on their home ice in overtime, uh, but they will now play Paul Maurice's Florida Panthers in the second round after uh, they came up with arguably the biggest upset in NHL history, knocking off the Boston Bruins in seven games. Blake, it's May. That's also what changed since Friday. Uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are favored to win the Stanley Cup on this day. How you feeling? Feel pretty good. I push back a little bit on saying they're favored. When, According to Vegas. Yeah, but I, I mean, even then, there are eight teams and the odds are so spread out. Like, you would take the field over the Toronto Maple Leafs. They just have the best chance of the eight, I guess. It took a minute and a half for you to bog down in, into the numbers of well, them being just, favored. Them favored suggests to me better than a 50-50 chance. Yeah, okay, you're right. They have the best odds. How yeah. about that? Does that sound better? Yeah, it does sound better. I think that comes in around 25-26% if you do the old yeah. implied probability. Mm-hmm. I think if you, over the last, what is it now? 60, my, what, like 56 years? If you gave a Leaf fan a one and a quarter chance of uh, of winning the Stanley Cup, they'd mm-hmm. be a-okay with that. I feel pretty good. Saturday was awesome. Uh, it was a nice little release from that kind of corner of your mind that, that creeps up every time things are going well and just kind of half jokes. Yeah, but what if? Or yeah, you know what's coming. That's gone. Uh, the fact that we... As much as we try to analyze the actual hockey and stuff like that game to game and over the course of the season, but there is this giant cloud of, oh, they're the Leafs and the first round LOL hanging over everything, that's gone. Uh, The fact that you could actually celebrate uh, a Leafs victory without just kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop, like, like... I was midway through the West Coast game, still waiting for the refs to show up on oh, the screen. Oh, yeah, that's and right. Like, actually, 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 <laughs> yeah. Morgan Riley goalie interference. No, you know what? Was, we got to restart the Leaf game. Was jarring was when they just went to the handshake line. I was like, no one's going to, like, make sure. Like, okay, I guess if you say so, it's actually over. It, it was, it's unbelievable to see that, yeah, this team who... Let's maybe get this out of the way because a win is a win is a win is a win. And uh, it doesn't have to do the jabroni meter no, thing. No, okay. absolutely not. But I, I'm going to, one of the questions I'm going to ask some of our guests is like, why this team? Like how much different did, did this team look than the one that I think outplayed the lightning on balance for seven games last year? And people are going to point to all oh, the trade deadline acquisitions and one of them who couldn't even get into game six. And one of them who's, or I guess two of them. And then one of them who will not play in game one, uh, tomorrow against the Florida Panthers and Sam Lafferty. But I I, I don't know. It, it just felt like, you know what? You lose that many elimination games. You have that many games go to overtime and one goal will put you through. You have that many games in which you didn't get the better goaltending. You were due. It just felt like the Leafs were due. Some of it's that. Absolutely. Like hockey is a, this is part of why, you know, it's such a fascinating sport come playoff time is it's pretty random, right? Like we know 
there, there was that study the other year that to get the same certainty that the best team won that the NBA has in a seven-game series, you'd have to play like a 51-game hockey series. We're not doing that. No, we're not going to do that. <laughs> that the, whole, the whole calendar year yeah. would just be the playoffs, yeah, yeah. Uh, which would be like an interesting one-time experiment. Yeah. But I think we would all hate hockey and ourselves if the same teams played each other 51 <laughs> times in a row we came close to that during the north division days but yeah that was as close as i'd like to we get. did and if you were an ottawa senator fan in the early 2000s you probably felt that way about just running into the leafs in the in the yeah. first round every year like that was the leafs thing but specific to one team um yeah, I don't know, man. It, it feels it feels pretty good however you slice it up. Yes. Whether whether it's just, hey, you were due for one. If that's the case, yep. hey, you got outplayed a bit and, and you were due for one. That's okay. It feels really good to be due no, for fine. one and, and have like, like we've all played a sport where yeah. you knob one off the end of your bat and it just like finds a hole in shallow right field or, <laughs> you know, something like, I mean, you golf, I'm sure yeah, you, you had one. one that- but my one hole in one, let me tell you, it was not a, a shot that I pured. I hit it very thin, couple of bounces into the hole. That's the way she goes. And and I'm not going to give it back. It was a hole in one. Still counts. Exactly. And, and there's this, also an element of, you know, certainly not saying, you know, oh, the hockey gods looking down karmically or anything like that. But the Leafs have been on the wrong side of a lot of those 50-50 balls, right? And that's... Game six last year went to overtime. They were the yeah. better team in the final two games. And they got goaltended S- against in those final two games so, by Andre Vasilevsky. So, the, you know, I, I see the normal pushback on hockey hockey twitter and stuff like that uh, of, no you know you're still looking for holes to poke or whatever or, or hey you're celebrating like you won the cup uh first of all yeah um because yeah i wanted to what? talk about this it's been 19 years since they won a playoff series yeah it's been since the raptors run it back season since mm-hmm. a toronto team won a playoff series period and, and any of the toronto teams because the J- well yeah, because the Jays 2016 would have been after or before that, rather. So, yeah, the Raptors championship, we all got to celebrate like crazy because it was a championship. But then the only other playoff win the city has had since then was a bubble one mm-hmm. at the height of the pandemic. So, like, yeah, let them celebrate. Against and a Nets team with no Kyrie. Yeah, yeah where the, the Raptors bench scored 100 points in one game. <laughs> Just the bench. <laughs> <laughs> just the bench yeah we we don't regard that playoff series as anything yeah. uh that was yeah that was enough so it was it's a big release in a lot of ways and you can caveat the hell out of it like i don't want to do that by any, the way well, any win or any loss but this is it this is what has eluded them for 19 years and whatever went into the losses whatever went into the failures to make the playoffs whatever went into this win it all is prologue at that point, right? It, it, they got through, they did the thing. And now we get to talk about actual, like what, what is happening and not the ghosts. And we get to talk about yeah, actual a uh, legitimate chance to make a real run because I, and I want to ask Wendell Clark about this and we'll ask Ron McClain about it too. Um, but like for me, if I'm in that room and I've been carrying the kind of weight of not only the six consecutive first round exits, but also the 19 years since you won a playoff series and all of that stuff, as soon as that is gone, like think of like, you know, you're wearing ankle weights when you're running around or something like that. Like once that is gone, the freedom of, oh, not only is it is it that small mission accomplished, but we don't have to worry about any of that stuff anymore. And we can now turn the focus to, hey, we got a chance to win the cup. And if we hadn't lost in the first round six years in a row, we would have been talking about cup, 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 cup this entire time. And I think that this team has... Like a pretty legitimate, as as legitimate a shot as any hockey team can have this time of year. Like on paper, they are the best team left in the playoffs. 
and by the analytics or whatever uh, over the course of the season. We'll we'll get into a lot of Florida stuff the next couple of days about how yeah. they're much stronger than their season-long numbers suggest. But this is a team now, yeah, that stuff's done. This is now a very, very legitimate Stanley Cup contender we get to dial in on without all the, yeah, but this, yeah, but yeah. that's. No, and it's an interesting spot they find themselves in because, I've, of course, everybody envisioned if this were to happen that you would you would be facing off against a Bruins team that had set all kinds Aww. of regular season marks. Damn. We played the clip, and unbelievable the Panthers score a six-on-five goal to just send it to overtime. I, man, judging by Twitter, everybody in this country, everybody that is tweeting during Leaf games was watching Game 7 naturally between the Bruins and, and Panthers. And look, I'm I'm going to have to do the, you know, the Wesley Snipes meme where he's like, he's shooting a vampire or whatever while he's crying. I don't know you that know one, one? Okay. but I can envision it. Yeah. yeah. He's shooting a vampire while he's crying. Uh, I yeah. got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brandon Montour. Yeah. Uh, so, so happy that he was the one who like kept that alive and yeah. helped knock the Bruins out. Um, that's a, a Brantford slash Cambridge uh, kid. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool for me being from that area that and like kind of like he was someone that that area of Ontario like was very invested in on Mm. on his way up and stuff. Very, very cool for him to be a part of that moment, helping the Leafs out if you were really afraid of Boston. Here's where I'm at with it, though. I kind of wanted Boston. Like I I tweeted out the clip from Major League Two where Rick Vaughn comes back in. He's like, I want Parkman. Major League Two, just really? one. Yeah, one is I only like is Major League Two actually good? Yeah. Because Major League is the you know that's I base a lot of my life on Major League. Yeah, uh, well, but, Major League Two is is good. It's not as good as the first one, yeah. but it's it's good. Major League Three, buzz back to the minors is, is Scott Bakula. I don't recognize um, Walt, the other Jurassic Parks either. Walton Goggins no. before he became Walton Goggins. No. Come on, man. No. Anyway, there's a scene where Charlie Sheen's character Rick Vaughn comes in in relief and he's had this terrible year and he wants to face his rival. And the manager's like, well, okay, Beck's the hitter. And he's like, I want Parkman. Okay, but Beck's the hitter. I'll walk him. He walks him to face the <laughs> the big villain. He walks him to face Aaron Judge, but a back catcher, basically, yeah. um, to set up that moment. That's how I kind of felt yesterday. I was like, yeah, it's funny if the Bruins blow it, but I I, I kind of wanted the Bruins. It's it's half a, a one a half a dozen one six the other. It really it it because guess what the Panthers beat that team, mm-hmm. so it's not like you get you're better off. And I would say that if you're going by goaltending and maybe not the numbers, because Sergei Bobrovsky didn't exactly cover himself in glory from a numbers perspective, but if goaltending is is important in the the sport, which it seems to be, maybe you would have wanted the the team with uh, some uncertainty in that. Although I, I can't blame Jeremy Swayman for the loss yesterday. Uh, no. as he made a couple of big saves and then stops Kachuk in overtime too, which he thought was going to be a massive, massive point. Well, it obviously was a massive point in the hockey game, but the Panthers win either way. It, it, it does change things from this perspective, not with ghosts, right? Like there is a clear... Point of demarcation now that the Maple Leafs have won a series. They got rid of that stuff, and there was a catharsis in the city, and you could see, I mean, in every post-game comment that we got from all the Maple Leafs, there was a catharsis, obviously, within that locker room. Oh, the Jake Muzzin, like, celebratory hug with mm. Austin Matthews still in uniform. And, like, I know uh, Uncle Larry got one, too, uh, uh, Larry Tannenbaum after as well. Yeah. But the Muzzin, like, after the interviews have happened and stuff, and Matthews is the last one coming back to the dressing room, and Muzzin still got there just like screaming <laughs> yeah. as he hugs a teammate, and he can't be out there with him. It's obviously killing him, but yeah. There's... For me, it's Dubas. Dubas' celebrations have been A1 because maybe nobody has more on the line as far as, well, not just career, 
Uh, but monetarily, oh, like, yeah. so, so all these fans who like manage their their fandom now by like, well, I bet on this, I bet on oh, that. Yeah, Dubis might have like literal <laughs> millions of dollars oh, riding on that I'd, series. I think he does. Yeah, yeah. Already, he, he's getting close to being able to write his own check. You win another round or two, and all of a sudden. It is, I mean, you, you do get the Masai Ujiri, whatever you want. Like, what did he get? I want that. Give me well, that. Not, yeah, I don't, Masai's the president. And okay, the, give me and the president. The... Get, get rid of Brendan Shannon. I want his job. <laughs> I mean, that might be the, like, that's the only way to, like, promote Dubis in a way that isn't just money, right? Yeah. Is, okay, we'll kick your mentor out of here. I, I don't think he wants that. And yeah. uh, I'm not reporting that he does. I would say, okay, so, but as far as it being the Panthers and not the mm-hmm. Bruins, again, it's all good. Catharsis. Playing with house money to a degree. You're the favorites now, right? Like you are the favorites. Game one is in Toronto as opposed to going on the road. And and you could have put yourself in the spot that you did last year against the Lightning where, man, even if you lose, if you push them to seven games, this is an all-time great team. And and you, you got the respect in the handshake line. And as disappointing as that was, there was a logical argument to make. And you could have made it against this great, great Boston Bruins team. Again, might, might be just as great as, as Florida, but no, you, you, if you lose the series in whatever manner, it, it's still a, a great accomplishment to have won a series, but there's a, a higher level of disappointment well, to lose it. There's no question. A there's higher no question. level of disappointment and a higher level of that feeling of missed opportunity, right? If you, if you had kind of, if you drew the Bruins and you lost and they went on to win the cup, it's kind of like, well, that feeling of fait accompli, like this was a special Bruins team, et cetera. Now I will say that is going to be the case optically. And that's going to be the case narratively that the Leafs have to take advantage of not only winning a series, but you know, we'll say fortunate that Boston didn't get through, right? Well, that Florida room, you heard Matthew Kachuk talking about it after the game about Mm. like not a single person believed except the guys in that room. That Florida team gets all the benefit of that nobody believed in us. We oh, believe yeah. Warriors. They're doing like, the thing, like, despite the fact that a year ago they were the President's yes. Trophy champions, well, they get the thing where it's like they are playing with house well, money. So this is where I was going to go with it is, like, they are a very, in my estimation, this is a compliment to them, they are a fake underdog. They won the President's <laughs> Trophy a year ago. Yes. That roster, they made some changes. The the Huberto and, and Wegar for the yeah. Chuck trade's a big one. They changed the coach coming yeah. off of a President's Trophy season. They took some real risks. And yes, they barely got into the playoffs. They had a very tough year. If you dive into some of the more underlying stuff, though, um, at 5-on-5, five five, they were still one of the best teams in the league. They were just kind of a disaster on special teams. Mm. They also spent a good chunk of the season without either Bennett or Barkov. And mm-hmm. when they had both of those guys in the lineup, they were like, they wanted like a 600 clip. Mm-hmm. Um, they also finished the season. And I think, you know, well, people talk about the, the president's trophy curse or whatever. And the Bruins talked about uh, afterwards, maybe games one and two in that series, because there hadn't been a lot of adversity during the season, they weren't entirely locked in. That Florida team had to play like their life was on the line for the last 25 games of the season. Since the beginning it, of March, the Bruins only had four losses in regulation. Well, the Panthers mm-hmm. only had six. Yeah, and, and, you know, you look at even the last 12 games in the first game of that series, they had no Sam Bennett. Yeah. Um, this is a team that was very good struggled absolutely but underperformed how they were actually playing and then dealt with a lot of big injuries that mostly got wrapped up in time for the playoffs mm-hmm. and again the year before that they were president's trophy thing i think they're like Dude, you know what it it's honestly one of the biggest upsets in nhl history for sure but like if we you know re if we're resetting the series preview for leafs panthers i do think the panthers are a bit of a fake underdog because they're real good 
Yeah, it reminds me of, I, I forget which Kings team it was. It was probably the, the first uh, Stanley Cup Kings team that went into the Western Conference playoffs as the eight seed and upsetting the Vancouver Canucks in the first round. But that was like a fake eight seed, right? Mm-hmm. It was a team that's right and went through a coaching change. And yeah, the, this Panthers team didn't go through that. But they, they were the best team in hockey a season ago. Well, they did a, a coaching ago. change in the offseason. Yeah. Coming so, off of a President's Trophy, right? Like right. with a very dramatic change in voice. Yeah. And, and goaltending was a weird situation. I, I was going to say, like, it's hard to say that goaltending cost them because Alex Lyon going on the heater that he did at the end of the season actually kind of saved them. But now they're, yeah, they're a double-digit million-dollar man. Sergei Bobrovsky is back in there. Again, not exactly covering himself in glory. And if I had to say one thing, like, Blake, this is actually, we kind of skipped over it because we moved on. We're moving forward, and Saturday feels like forever ago uh, because now Maple Leafs know their opponent after we watch Game 6. But, like, if you were going to, to point to one thing, like, w- the one major thing that pushed the Toronto Maple Leafs over the line this year against the Tampa Bay Lightning, what would it have been? Other than just like the sheer randomness of yeah, sometimes it goes your put, way. Yeah, sometimes put, the, put the truth of randomness yeah. to the side. Look, I know what you're setting up. Ilya Samsonov yes, was their MVP in that series. And, and I think that was especially true in games. I And I know they, three they, and got, six. they got down in game three, but he kind of held them in there longer than they should have been. And game six, he was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a spot where all season long, all this era long, basically since they moved on from Frederick Anderson, um, you know, that's been a big question mark for this team. And it was a question mark entering the season, entering the series after game one, when he got yanked for Joe wall, like this has been a real question mark. And I know he only finished the series with a 900. Who cares? Percentage. No, you got to watch the games. Kind of think he's your MVP for the entire series. Oh, not I just I, game six. I don't disagree. I mean, the only argument would be, I guess, Matthews with the goals. Like, I mean, I mean, you could make a Riley case too. And I know, sure. I know Marner just had more, points in that series than any leaf has had in any playoffs 11. going back to like 2002 yeah 11 like even games. years that they went two rounds guys right. didn't have 11 <laughs> points yeah um so i get it but i do think you know it, it's pretty clearly samsonov for not stealing them two games but basically keeping them in two games that they shouldn't have been in that long long enough for them to after samco's ties it on saturday yeah. he he kept them around Allowed yeah. them, allowed the randomness to take place in the overtime where, yeah, yeah, John Tavares fires a puck towards the net, ends up in it because that you're allowed to win that way. And the Leafs hadn't in, you know, nine prior attempts to get through an, an opening round series. All right. Game one goes tomorrow mm-hmm. in Toronto uh, against the Panthers. And you mentioned it, uh, a loaded show today. We've got Wendell Clark coming up at the bottom of the hour. we got Ron McLean after six o'clock and edge. At 6.30, who, by yeah, the way, right. I guess the, the, the Leafs are, what, 1-0 this postseason when he a- appears before a game in an elimination oh. moment? Why? Yeah. Well, he was also at, I think he was at games three and four. No, he's but when he's on Hockey four. Night in yeah. Canada, they're 1-0. They won that one as well. Okay, but so we might just say he needs when he's to be there. At all the, and guess what? He was at all the Tampa games because he lives in Florida. And guess mm. where the road games in this series are? I'm going to ask him about it. I don't. I don't know... So he's he's in a tough spot, not to tease it too much, but, you know, part of why we can talk to Edge today is there's a premium live event on Saturday to promote down in Puerto Rico, mm. uh, WWE Backlash. I don't know what Edge is going to do. Oh, oh, my hammy. I can't wrestle. I got to watch the Leaf game <laughs> Are there from, sick the, days from in the locker room. Personal day? Can you yeah. take a personal I actually, day? I don't think he's booked on the card, actually. So oh, he well, might, there you go. He might not have to go down to Puerto Rico. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, and fairly well to Patrice Bergeron as well, who who comes back in game five, does not see a victory. He is uh, minus six in the final three games that he saw 
uh, did score a goal in, in his first game back, but boy, that's a rough one, and and that might be the end for him. Everybody was was shaking his hand coming off and the how, ice. That was. Look, I think, honestly, the nicest thing you can say about Patrice Bergeron's legacy Mm -hmm. is that every single Leaf fan I follow or talk to is able to put aside the Boston of it all for Patrice Bergeron. Not for anyone else. Yeah. Not really for Chara. Certainly not for Marshawn. Yeah. Who's also a Team Canada guy, so it's not just the Team Canada stuff. Yeah. And everyone's like, no, no, Patrice Bergeron. Like, somehow the Boston <laughs> well, stink didn't stay on him. It, it might happen for Marchand as well if he didn't, like, lick people, right? Like, that's the thing. That's the <laughs> differentiating factor is the licking and the biting and, that, like, yeah. that type of stuff. I mean, look, Bergeron, it's one of those interesting things where, like, he's probably been called underrated so often that maybe No, he's, he's properly rated, like all yeah, the Selkies. But, like, yeah, he's... Probably, and I don't know, I maybe have to go look at some oh. tape from the 60s or something like that, but I think he's pretty safely in the conversation for the greatest two-way forward of all time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that doesn't make you the greatest player of all time, but when you factor in defense and face-offs and the leadership stuff and the blend of international success with, yeah, he only won one cup in that Boston stretch, but they were in the mix all the time. He's a uh, pretty inner circle Hall of Famer. Oh, this is it for him. No question. And obviously not at 100%. Like, that's pretty clear. You didn't play the first five games of a postseason series. And this is a guy that at at the end of every playoffs is like, yeah, I had had two uh, punctured lungs. What was uh, this one? Herniated disc, right? Yeah. 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 I'll tell you this much. If you are 37 years old Mm -hmm. and still playing in the NHL, Mm -hmm. you're not healthy. I don't don't (laughs) care. I don't, like, I guarantee you Mark Giordano right now, there's nothing on the injury report. Not healthy. Yeah. Anyone else who's 37 and over, not healthy. Uh, so we're we're gonna go pretty wall to wall Leafs in this program, but we we should talk little Jays, and we'll set you up for the the Red Sox series at the end of the the show as well. They go five and one on the homestand. Could have very should easily have been six been and zero oh. oh, as they were an out away from uh, completing a sweep against the Seattle Mariners. They were also a pitch away from getting out of the first inning unscathed as Chris Bassett made some great pitches and then yeah, got a little wild and then yada 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 grand slam. But the Blue Jays came back and yada 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 yada. But also. The bullpen takes the loss yesterday had been on an incredible run and they were without Eric Swanson and no Jordan Romano who mm-hmm. um, were, were, were in red on the little bullpen card yesterday. Yeah. But that bullpen had gone not 15 scoreless innings, 15 hitless innings since the final. Yeah, was something, at one point the streak was like 35 or 37 consecutive batters retired. Yeah. Like not even a guy on base. Well, go back to the Gossman extra innings. Like there was just everybody coming out of the bullpen was like two strikeouts, no base runners, mm-hmm. two strikeouts, no base runners. So they were, and, and I know it's different guys and, and maybe Jimmy Garcia is, is a little bit disappointing, especially some of the velocity that we've seen mm-hmm. from him. But and, and even then, like, the defense didn't exactly do them favors no. behind them, right? No. Like, there were a couple of errors mm-hmm. uh, in those final innings. Um, I think the only thing that I'm really taking, like, Trevor Richards gives up, one, uh, gives up a home run over two innings of, like, large lead mop-up. I yeah. don't care. Yeah. Okay. Like no. if Trevor Richards finished the season with a 450 ERA, I don't think anyone would really blink at it, right? He's been no. better than that. You can get by it. Jimmy Garcia has been pretty up and down and yeah. maybe there are some concerns creeping in there and maybe he should get moved to lower leverage, whatever. Uh, the Anthony Bass of it all is Jeez. where there is a concern where he has allowed runs in five of his last seven appearances. Yeah. That's gotta, not he's very clean good. up that mess. Yeah, no, he's, I think, at the very bottom of the the leverage uh, rankings. I mean, Adam Simber's right there, but he's not with this team right now. Like, I mm-hmm. think 
Yeah, I that, think that, Anthony Bass's rhomboid was looking pretty <laughs> strained on the weekend as well. Honestly, a bit of a and, and maybe not a surprise because they were leveraged spots and you do have guys ahead of them on the depth chart, but not seeing Nate Pearson mm-hmm. in that one. Like I like mm-hmm. maybe they're in really the Trevor, trying to baby him. But like that Trevor Richards spot is mm-hmm. a is a baby spot, right? Mm-hmm. Like you've got a multi Yeah, but but Trevor Richards they're they're more willing to to go multiple innings, right? They wanted the length out of Right, but Pearson can do that too. I don't know. Has he been doing that? I like a little bit, eh, not a ton. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, uh, Richards has been the long guy for that. Anyways, uh, you're allowed to lose a game. It's allowed, and it's it's not devastating. I don't like it though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it'll end tonight as they start a four game series against the Red Sox. So we'll have a little uh, closer look at later on in the program. Say Oscar Hernandez returns to Toronto. He, he doesn't get a, a pitch clock violation because everybody, you know, lets uh, this is to me. Can I just say something about the, the yeah, hey, you got to let the umpires know that a guy's going to get an ovation? Why? Like, is an, are umpires not human beings? Like, do they not understand? Like, They're can not, they not mostly. perceive, like, what's happening? Do they not follow baseball? Like, they have no idea, right? That Teoscar Hernandez used to play for the team. And, Who like, is this hey, guy? why is everybody cheering for this guy? What was that video? Was it, that's the same? Like, come on. Like, why, why is everyone sm- hugging him? <laughs> Anyways, um, technical fouls for the hugs and stuff <laughs> like that. Yeah, it's, it's a little silly when I saw that you have to give 24 hours notice and like, mm-hmm. does it apply to the whole series? What if different fans were in attendance Saturday or Sunday and also wanted to give them uh, a nice little cheer? I agree. Uh, anyways, so he, he, he ends up with the home run in a victory. You thought it was like an irrelevant one, but uh, that was his only hit of the series. One for 12 with seven punch outs. And honestly, yeah. I, like he's obviously not going gangbusters right now, but you look at the approach and Hey, we, we, we talked about, He's pressing. Uh, yeah, diversity of offense being righty-lefty, but I think it was also like, yeah, getting some more guys that have you know, pretty solid approaches. And and this that's probably unfair to say Oscar Hernandez because by the end of his tenure, he turned himself into a silver slugger because he was not, you know, swinging at everything. But early in his Mariners career, it does appear that he's swinging at everything. And you have to be careful too with, you know, not like one size doesn't fit all, right? So you look at, say, a Bo Bichette and even when he's mm. had stretches like early last year when he's struggling and he is hyper aggressive, you're like, okay, well, you want to adjust some things and you want to be more selective, but like you can't lose the aggression that makes Bo Bichette so hard to pitch to. Yeah. If you're Teoscar Hernandez, I don't think you can lose all of the I'm ready to jump on a mistake at any point in the at-bat, and that makes the pitcher uncomfortable. But, yeah, you can't have only two walks at the end of April as an everyday player. No, it's tough. Tough to do. Um, it's well, actually, you know, it's it's funny to compare him to, say, Dalton Varsho, where the batted ball results aren't really there. The there's a lot that's not really there, but the ability to occasionally take a walk or sneak one of those bunt hits through yeah. um, has at least, I don't know, he's hitting fifth again tonight, which probably needs to stop at some point. Mm. Um, but hey, he got the the walk off and the the cherry, that error becomes a hit on Sunday yeah, uh, as well. So maybe things are turning around there. Maybe we'll get deeper into him uh, as we get closer to game one of uh, Blue Jays, Red Sox uh, at the end of this program. Last thing for me, though, on, on the Blue Jays is, uh, yeah, Bobichette hits the home run. He's the, now the team leader in homers. Also, the- like, a home run. Yes. Yeah, with 460 feet, is like that's a long ways to hit a, a, a baseball. Yeah, you uh, could make those walls as tall as you want. <laughs> so that one's out of here. Blue Jays, by and large, have been good enough offensively, I thought. But it is weird that the power numbers are not. And like the part of that is Matt Chapman. All he does is hit doubles everywhere. Like it's double, 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 double. Tied double. an MLB record for most uh, doubles before the start of May. Tied yeah. Mike Lowell. Yeah, and we'll see if he's uh, going to be um, AL Player of the Month. Uh, 
or the month of April. But um, he was head-to-head with his biggest competition on the weekend, and Jared Kelnick had a pretty nice weekend, too. All right, but we'll see. Anyway, so, yeah, Blue Jays as a team have not hit home runs as well as they did a season ago. Last year, third in the American League in home runs hit. Tied for ninth uh, in the early going in the American League this season. But, again, like, I, I don't think... The offense outside of Dalton Varsho is not something that is front of mind for me. Now, here's two things with the home run total is one, um, so far, as some of us expected, uh, Rod, new Roger Center playing a little pitcher friendly when it comes to the long ball. Uh, and two, they played a lot of good teams mm-hmm. early on, and those good teams tend not to give up uh, as many home runs. Yeah, they're going to play a lot of good teams, at least record-wise, here in the next month and a half. But mm-hmm. uh, they're going to play a team that is not so great with the pitching of the baseball coming up here for four games. Again, uh, we'll get into that. The Yeah, so, I mean, we'll just say, to, to tease the discussion later, the Red Sox are not only equal to the Blue Jays in offense so far, but they're very lefty-heavy. They're starting seven lefties against Barrios today. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see if mm-hmm. that change-ups improvements and the conviction in it and the work being comfortable working the inner third against lefties that have been a big part of Barrios's change to success. You're going to get real testing of, of that, uh, that theory tonight with seven lefties in the lineup. All right. Uh, we'll see if we see him throw like 20% four-seamers or something tonight. Uh, we'll see. All right. Uh, that's coming up later on in the program. But coming up immediately... How about the uh, former Toronto Maple Leafs captain, ninth all-time in Leafs goal scoring, Wendell Clark, as the fan drive time continues. Ben Annis, Blake Murphy, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and live on Sportsnet 360. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rouse drives it right back in again. Here's Clark down the boards to Gilmore. Gilmore to Bobby Rouse. Shot scores! Nikolai Boroshevsky has scored for Toronto. The Leafs win. The Leafs win. Fan drive time, Sportsnet 590, the fan, and Sportsnet 360. It's Ben Annis. It's Blake Murphy. Our next guest probably remembers that moment rather well. That was Nikolai Boroshevsky scoring in overtime in Game 7 against the Detroit Red Wings in 1993. Went seven games the second round, and then went second seven games in the conference championship. Didn't and then should have won a couple games in the Stanley Cup <laughs> Finals as well. Uh, but they didn't. Uh. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's talk to one of the all-time Toronto Maple Leaf greats. It is Wendell Clark. Wendell, how's it going? All very good, guys. Uh, so let's go back to 93. We just played the clip. Uh, you guys won that that series after missing the playoffs the, the year prior, end up in a conference championship. How much did that overtime goal propel you guys, like relieve some of the pressure uh, that you felt going into that postseason? I, I don't know if it ever relieves pressure. It's just that uh, we, were, we were the surprise team to win. Uh, we, we won every game almost in overtime and lost in every game by about four goals, I think, against Detroit. But it's uh, it's always a lot of fun winning, so I know what the guys felt like the other night. Yeah, uh, I they, they looked very relieved. Again, like not that the, the job is done. And and Wendell, we talked to, uh, I, I guess it was real Kipper and Bourne. Uh, that, that show had you on before the postseason. We're used to hearing you talk about what it takes to win in the postseason and then comparing it to a Leafs team that doesn't have that for whatever reason in the postseason. 
How does this feel now that you're talking about a team that has gotten through a, a, a six-game series against the three-time defending conference champions? How does it feel to talk about a Maple Leafs team that did something positively in the postseason for the first time in almost two decades? Yeah, no, I think it's great. They they hung in there. They won. Uh, they found a way to win. Uh, they weren't always the best team, but they hung in there with great goaltending and timely scoring. And and then when they had to, they they clinched it instead of the other team clinching it. So it's uh, I'm great and very happy for all the guys uh, that have been here a long time, waiting for it to happen. A lot of, a lot of different playoff runs, but they finally get to do it. So very happy for the guys. So what changes now? Because you've been a part of some big, deep playoff runs, and this team, you know, this is a great success, but they've only known the first round so far. Um, what what shifts the longer you go here? Oh, nothing. I think it's, uh, you know, you know we get to start the next series at home, which was a surprise after last night, and I think um, it's a team that uh, I think we can play well against. We just have to remember what we did in the first round and bring those um, – memories to the second and and uh, we'll be fine yeah they they win three of the four games that they won against the lightning on the road though wendell what do you make of that i mean it is kind of the year of the road team in in the stanley cup playoffs what, what do you make of, of so many road teams having success this year uh, well i i think it's it's goes back to you know the home teams playing in front of the crowd they have to want to play a certain way and the road team's just going in there and finding a, a ugly way to win and if you look at a lot of our wins on the road in Tampa you know probably outplayed two of the games uh, in the first two periods hang in there get a timely goal and then get some momentum and the home team starts to go into a shell so uh, there, there really isn't a home and road anymore all the rinks are the same size the same set corners the uh, everything is the same so it really doesn't matter i don't think uh, not like the old days where different rinks were built a certain way where today they're all they're all the same so i, I don't think there is a home in the road uh talking to wendell clark and and there's obvious parallels between you and and austin matthews here or former first overall selections faces of the franchise how much did, does and he had a spectacular series scoring five goals in the six games against the the Tampa Bay Lightning. How how much did, did, does a guy like yourself, who was a first overall selection and a captain, and, and Austin Matthews isn't the captain, but he's again clearly the face of this franchise. How much do do you wear that individually when you've had that run of pay, uh, playoff failures, and how much is on him that he was individually pretty well responsible for the Maple Leafs getting through the six games against the Lightning? Well, I'm just happy for uh, you know, for Austin. For you know, He's been here a few years now, and uh, they always happen to stub their toe in the first round. And this year, uh, they all found a way to get through. And um, he was scoring some very timely goals and, and, and just battling through. He can carry a line himself. And, and so him and the guys, I'm just happy for all the guys that uh, they get a chance to go on to the next round because they've been they've been close. They've been a really good team in regular season for a few years now, and and uh, to get through and and earn that, hopefully they can uh, just build off what they just did. So there is a, a demon slayed with a, a first round playoff victory, but there's the larger demon which has existed since 1967, and, and something that I'm sure you can relate to when you guys were, you know. Within a, a, a game, uh, within a goal, when you go back to game six overtime, of being in a Stanley Cup final, do you, like, how does that manifest itself? The, the, the fact that this historic franchise, Original Six, has not won a Stanley Cup since 1967. Did you guys think about it? Was it, was it something that was, was talked about um, 
in the in the in the dressing room? Was it something that you guys read about? Was it part of the conversation in 1993? Uh, never. It's <laughs> talking about the Stanley Cup is never in the conversation. Uh, it's only for outside uh, the fans and the media to talk about and throw around because they have a lot of airtime, 48 hours between games, so they create stories, and that's uh, outside the dressing room. Inside the dressing room, these guys are just worried about game one of series two. There, there's no talk about where or what or if or it's really not that complicated. It's it's just, you know, you show up, you work hard and play the next game. You, you If you throw everything at it that you got, that that's all you can do. If you win, great. If you don't, there's nothing you can do about it as long as you got 100% effort. So uh, that, that's really the simple way of saying it, but that's the way the players think it. They're not worrying about uh, decades and 50 years ahead of them. They can't control that, so uh, don't even try so one of the things that they had maybe had to worry about on the ice in terms of every next game is the goaltending question a little bit. You guys didn't have to worry about that in the, the early 90s once Felix Potvin became Felix Potvin. Coming off of the series that he just had, how much more confidence do you think there is in that room in Ilya Samsonov who, you know, if not stole him a couple games, definitely kept him in a few that, that they maybe shouldn't have been in that long? No, definitely. He stepped up. It's his time. He's a young guy that... Uh, you know, come to Toronto and, and um, it, it's it's there for him to take if he wants it and if he can find a way to be consistent. And in the playoffs so far, he's been very consistent and he's made the saves when you have to. He, you know, and when we're down three to one, he makes sure he stops two or three big saves that it doesn't become four one. Or if you're up a couple, he makes sure he doesn't. So it's he's had very good timely goaltending and i think the guys over the year have got more and more confidence playing in front of them and uh that's round 1 and hopefully they take and get some great confidence and uh really stability because it's going to get calmer now the first round is always the wild card of playoffs in, in nhl hockey and now that second and third rounds come it, it'll settle into being uh, more patient hockey i think and uh although miami does play uh florida does play uh, go exciting hockey to, with their coach. So it should be a fun series. They also have a, a star who likes to make sure you're not calm as much as possible in Matthew Kachuk. He of the 109 points and 123 penalty minutes. Wendell, you know something about that line between contributing a lot to your team, especially offensively, and being an agitator to the other team over the course of a playoff series. What do the Leafs have to be mindful of with Matthew Kachuk? And how do you, you know, I, I don't know that you're going to keep him off the score sheet, but how do you make sure he doesn't get in, get in under your skin over seven games? Well, no, he's, he's, uh, he plays in the middle of traffic, no matter what end of the rink he plays in. That's, that's the way dad, that's the way his dad plays. That's the way he plays. His brother plays the same way. And we just have to play our game because he's going to be in the middle of it uh, because he plays in front of the net. And, and uh, because he likes to play in front of the net and take the extra shot and give the extra shot, that keeps himself in the game. That's how he likes to play. We just have to remember you're playing through the hands and the stick because he's got a great set of hands. He's got a great mind for the game as well. So just uh, play our game. Our, and usually in the playoffs, what the teams and what our coaching staff will be talking about is make sure we're playing our game. Don't get carried away and, and, and worry about uh, somebody else. But uh, he's one of the good players that makes their team better. So we just have to be mindful of him, and he's always going to be around the net. 
uh, the Leafs' own player who kind of, you know, not not Matthew Kachuk level, but Michael Bunting kind of toes that line as well sometimes, obviously suspended for three games of the last series, but came back in in game six. Um, what did you like from his game six performance, and where does he fit in when it comes to kind of matching that that intensity and grit that the, that the Panthers do bring to a series? Well, no, Bunting comes back, and he, he comes with, he was skating very well. He comes with great energy. He can play up and down the lineup. He, you know, he may not be sliding right back into first, second line, maybe his third, fourth line, but it's you need you need all the guys playing their roles uh, for the team to win, and that just adds more depth. And you can uh, bring a Bunting back after suspension, and he just that's that, that's a great sign that we have depth like that, that uh, he can come in, and he's going to be a contributing factor because of how he plays. It doesn't matter where he plays up and down the lineup. His energy is infectious. Yeah, and he, he doesn't have a spot on that top line, partly because Matthew Nyes has, <laughs> has, has taken that at, at the age of 20, having just played three career regular season games. What have you made of a 20-year-old kid fresh out of college stepping into a postseason series? He's on the ice in every single situation they've scored in overtime, Wendell. Yeah, no, he's he's a big, strong guy. He's a smart kid. He uh, he really compliments the guys he plays with very well because he plays more north and south, but sees the ice and dishes the puck. And he's a he's a strong, strong kid along the boards. He learns learns the game and the team stuff very quickly, and it's great. You can, like you said, we to to pick up another player like that at the end of the season with the depth. And he's 20. He's not, you know, it'd be, if he'd played junior, he'd be entering his third year in the NHL right now. But mm. because he went to college, he's coming as a 20 year old. So he, he's, he's older than you think um, in, in hockey years. He's young and, and us old men years, but he's, he's older than you think in hockey years. And he's, his body is a man already. And he's got great strength. Yeah. He hasn't looked out of place at all. Uh, Wendell, appreciate the time. Thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks guys. There's Wendell Clark, former Leafs captain, ninth, all-time in Toronto Maple Leafs goal scoring. He was a pretty good playoff contributor himself, uh, doing some agitating, scoring some goals, racking up some points. Yeah, by the way, I guess we didn't mention that the the Leafs skated with new lines. They're not – doesn't look like they're going to go 11-7 and seven for game one. They're going to go 12-6, and six, and it is Matthew Nyes, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, yet again, Callie Yarncroak, uh, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Michael Bunting, Ryan O'Reilly, Nola Chari, Zach Aston Reese back into the lineup, David Camp, Alex Kerfoot on the fourth line. So that means no Sam Lafferty. And uh, no surprise, Justin Hall remains out. Timothy Lilligren wasn't asked to do a bunch, but there was a couple of times he did skate with the puck in game six, which he's capable of. So he remains on that third pairing with Mark Giordano. And Lilligren potentially, if, if he can play more mistake-free hockey and not, you know, li- if he can live up to the, the physical side of the series, potentially has a big role in this series because this Florida Panthers team is one that four checks like crazy. They were the number two team in all of hockey scoring off of four check opportunities. Um, according to uh, Corey from shutdown line, his, his hand tracking over the course of the season, only Carolina was better at turning four checks into scoring opportunities. We know that the Leafs over the first five games of the Tampa series really struggled to get the puck out of their own end. Um, you know, the Shen Riley pairing did an okay job, but the Giordano Hall pairing really, really struggled uh, to move the puck out of their own end. Justin Bourne broke down some video clips of that during the season for sports at that or during the series for sports at that CA uh, Lilligren's ability to get the puck out of their zone with his feet mm. instead of with 
you know, short chip passes or, or the riskier passes that the Leafs sometimes had to resort to in that Tampa series could be a, a really big thing because that's a real Florida strength. And other than skating the puck a little better out of your own zone, um, you know, at, at least the Tampa series showed us that the Leafs aren't willing to change a ton tactically or they weren't yeah. in that matchup. Maybe the the risk reward trade-off is a little different with Florida, especially once you get past that top line. Um, but yeah, so some real challenges lie ahead there where Lillian's feet could be a big part of the series. Yeah, and the Leafs did go 3-0-1 against the Panthers during the regular season, but again, yeah. regular season, but and also three of those, like, Three of those, two of those wins came in overtime, and of course they they lost the third one. Um, I will say that I mean talking to Wendell about the the physicality and the line when it comes to Matthew Kachuk, special teams could obviously be the difference here. But the the Panthers, the reason the Bruins have been in some of the games that maybe they shouldn't have been power play goals. Yeah, they they, they weren't so good at at keeping uh, the power play at bay. And and of course the Maple Leafs, again, in another elimination game, couldn't score on the power play. But now that all the shackles are off, that we've reset everything, that maybe the the power play looks like it did at the beginning of the series uh, and and against a team that has a tough time defending it. I mentioned earlier in the, the program too that, you know, the Panthers were much better than the record at five on five. They played a ton of special teams hockey, though. They were second in the league in time spent on the power play and fourth in the league in time spent shorthanded. So they basically played more special teams time than anyone other than, I believe, the Lightning. They were not very good at it. They had the 10th best power play, which is fine. Mm -hmm. And now that they're a little healthier and they've kind of, I think, at least... Uh, they know what their, oh, we're going to load up a line looks like at this point now that everyone's healthy. Uh, they have that to turn to, but they were in the bottom 10 in penalty killing. And yeah, Boston, I know NHL fans love to point out, and this would have been the most annoying talking point in a Leafs Bruins series. The the refs, I whether it's true or not, seem to love the Boston Bruins and 27 power play opportunities they got in that series were well more than any other team got in any other series. But even 11 for 27 is a ridiculous power play conversion clip. So yeah. Florida has some real things to figure out um, on the penalty kill. Now they scored five power play goals of their own mm-hmm. in uh, in 34 minutes of power play time. So no, the they're Le- a the potent Le- offense for sure. Yeah. So the Leafs have to be a little careful there. But yeah, I think, you know, Florida is going to want to similar to Tampa Bay this year and last Florida is going to want to try to play a style of series that goads the Leafs into a little bit more special teams play because they're going to want to test if the Leafs are willing to get in those scrums and play the the kind of more chippy on the borderline mm-hmm. type of games. And the Leafs did a better job of that against Tampa this year, bunting thing aside. Um, but I think, you know, that's in Florida's nature to play that way. So we'll, we'll see how that, that shakes out, but the Leafs should have uh, a pretty pointed special teams advantage. The one question mark, I guess being in game six with no Justin Hall in the penalty kill, that Tampa Bay power play looked a lot Sam better. Coast did get like, you got the one timer off on the power. Oh, play. Oh yeah. And there were a couple real close calls. Mm-hmm. Now I think you can, with the benefit of, you know, everyone's got their feet wet and you, this is a Florida mm-hmm. power play that doesn't have Steven Sam coast on it. You can, you can maybe feel a little bit of comfort with that, but yeah, you, you did miss Justin Hall in the penalty kill. Uh, so the Panthers over the Bruins was the biggest upset of yesterday. Also, the Seattle Kraken beating the defending champions in a in a game seven in which yeah, a tying goal in the third period was called off, rightly so, because of an offside challenge that happened, you know, 17 seconds after the yeah. actual offside. But yeah, you want to go down the darkest timeline? Maybe you don't. But here's the darkest timeline is that the Maple Leafs 
yeah, lose another series to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Seattle freaking Kraken have won a postseason series. Not a, not an issue because the Leafs won Here's, on Saturday before the Kraken I, I had their chance. I don't think it's an issue anyway, though, because when you've had this this sustained lack of success, I'm not even worried about what other teams like eyes on my own page. <laughs> I'm not I'm not worried about what the neighbor's lawn looks like when yeah. mine is just like dust. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing. To note, though, in there with the the Colorado Avalanche being eliminated and the Tampa Bay Lightning being eliminated, no team that has won the Cup since 2006 remains in the playoffs. How about that? So we're going to have a champion that hasn't won in almost 20 years, um, no matter who makes it through. Uh, And again, according to Las Vegas, sorry, they're they're not the favorites. They have the best odds. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. Second Um, best odds are the Edmonton Oilers. And wouldn't that be some sweet emotion if they won? By the way, Aerosmith is coming to Scotiabank Arena on September 12th as part of their Peace Out, the farewell tour with special guests, the Black Crows. We're giving away tickets all week long on Sports at 590 The Fan. To enter, all you have to do is listen for the code word, then text that code word to 590-590. Today's code word is, of course, Sweet Emotion. So text Sweet Emotion to 590-590 right now to enter... For your chance to win. Uh, the Fan Morning Show will be giving away tickets the rest of the week. So if you don't win with us, make sure to secure your tickets by checking them out the rest of the week or going to Ticketmaster.ca. Those tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. Steven Tyler, uh, give a guess how old he is. 71. 75. That's so a pretty good guess. I didn't realize they were hanging it up um, because, you know, <laughs> like there's, there's, hey, keep going as long as, 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 your the body is willing, but I will say what Steven Tyler is required to do vocally seems like a tough thing to do at seventy five. So kudos to him that he's he's keeping it going. Yeah, good for him. I, I got nothing more to it than uh, than that. I don't have a. You don't, don't have, have to. Have don't anything. have much of a strong Aerosmith take, other than I uh, hope you guys, hope, hope whoever's listening wins those tickets. Sweet right. emotion of five ninety five ninety. All right, when we come back, um, there is a game seven tonight as well as the Rangers and Devils on Sportsnet. We'll. Uh, battle to become the final team into the second round of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's talk to Ron McLean next, the host of Hockey Night in Canada. As the fan drive time, it continues. I'm Ben Ennis alongside Blake Murphy. We are on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, and we are live on Sportsnet 360.